to American Education FM, everybody. I'm Dr. Sean Brooks. Well, I got to tell you something. We're going to get right into the legal definitions of things here real quick. Because again, it's so simple, it's stupid. And this is a game changer. And uh, at the end of this little explanation here with how simple this is, I'm going to sort of encourage a new decree as it were, nationwide in America for any individual attending school board meetings and speaking at school board meetings. The only thing you need to do from here on out is never wear a mask again. Because again, as it turns out, the legal definition of a mandate simply means voluntary by the participant. So you never had to participate in any mask mandate. If any business, any school, any town set forth a mask mandate, under no law did you ever have to wear it, which means it's 100% voluntary. So, for the legal definition of a mandate set forth by Black's Law Dictionary, it states the following, quote, From the very term of the definition, Three things are necessary to create a mandate. First, that there should exist something with which should be the matter of the contract. Secondly, and this is the important part, that it should be done gratuitously. And thirdly, that the parties should voluntarily intend to enter into the contract. Which means, again, gratuitously, it is voluntary. And thirdly, that the parties, any of us, any of you, should voluntarily intend to enter into that contract. It's always been voluntary. Again, listen to the words of Dr. Robin McCutcheon when she's been on this podcast. She has stated it numerous times, and she works at Marshall University. She's stated over and over again, and they have a quote-unquote mask mandate, that they choose to not participate, that she chooses to not participate. She never wears a mask. She's not taking the jabs. She goes indoors, outdoors, anywhere she wants, and this is a major university telling her that they have a mask mandate. Point being, no one, no children, no teachers, no administrators, no one. Even in a town, if a town or a city has an indoor mask mandate, that means that if you want to walk around inside of a building wearing a mask, you can do that. If you want to walk around inside of a building not wearing a mask, you can do that. Mask mandates are not law. They are voluntary. And they only require that an individual, that if an individual wants to participate, then they are doing so voluntarily. And if an individual doesn't want to participate, they don't have to. They're doing so voluntarily. That's it. That's it. Take the masks off. Stop going to school with masks on. Stop it. But they'll reprimand me. But they'll kick me out. But they'll do this. But they'll do that. Just print off the definition of a mandate. That's all. Print off the definition. Hang it wherever you want. Just print off the actual definition. Walk around with it on a lanyard attached to your chest. 
or wrapped around your neck. It doesn't matter. It's the law. And the law states that you don't have to abide by a mandate. It doesn't matter if the school district, the school district can't make a, 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 any school district or university cannot make a mandate policy. They can't manipulate the words any way they want. Which means, again, these jabs that they're pushing forth and, and saying, well, we're mandating these jabs, and these jabs are policy, and you can't attend here if you're not jabbed. And again, if you want to attend and fill out an exemption, then you can do that. Too. No, no. The answer is no. You don't have to fill out an exemption. You don't have to take a jab. You don't have to wear a mask. It's always been this way. Always. And this is the way that it is. And then, of course, again, they can't fire you. They can't fire you and they can't kick you out permanently. They can't do these things. The reason that the individuals who are, and that I've talked about again on this podcast before, like this, the female student, for example, a couple of weeks ago, who showed up to her school and said, I'm not going to wear a mask, I want to learn. They said, well, it's a mandate and it's a rule and it's a policy and you know you have to wear a mask. The answer, of course, to that is no. So what have they done? They've, scared, they've simply scared everyone in the environment into believing that a mandate is a law and that you wearing a mask is something that has to be done or else. It's the or else part that even they don't know. Because the or else part is going to get them in trouble legally. Again, if everyone stops complying and everyone stops wearing the mask, they can't do anything. They just can't. One individual going up against the masses can set a precedent, in particular if that individual follows through with the law and what the law actually states. But are they doing that? Probably not. Probably not. Again, <laughs> it's, it's just so simple, it's stupid. It's so simple. It's voluntary. It's voluntary. It's no different, again, than an individual waiting on you in a restaurant and they bring you the bill. You don't have to tip them. You don't have to tip them any money. It's the same thing in this situation. Tips are not mandatory. Therefore, it's not a mandate. Masks are not mandatory. Therefore, making them a mandate doesn't suffice. It doesn't equate. They can't do it. It requires your sole participation. So again, I'm, per I'm participating. I, I choose to not participate. I'm not wearing a mask. I just choose to not participate. This needs to be your mantra every single time. Stop showing up and putting the mask on. For Christ's sake, be a leader. Somebody out there, be a leader. If 10 of you do it, they can't cut all 10 of you loose. They might, and they might try, but then the legal recourse from the 10 of you circling the wagons and coming after them will crush their mandates. This needs to be the mantra that is stated in every single school board meeting. They don't have the right to push forth a mandate and, again, 
The definition of the mandate means that you don't have to participate, even as an employee. You don't have to participate. End of story. Make that the new thing, please, that happens in all school board meetings. Or I'll have to do it by showing up again to a school board meeting and reminding everybody what the law actually states. That no one has to wear one. And that that's the way that it needs to be. I love it. The answer is always in the law and in the, in the definitions of words. They can manipulate them all they want. They can trick people all they want. But that doesn't, none of that's the truth. And none of that equates to the actual truth. So please, look up what the truth is. It's crystal clear. It's labeled now all over my Gab account. There's not a single parent with a sane mind who needs to be putting a mask on their child to do anything or go anywhere, including an American university, an American school, you name it. They don't get to do it, and it only requires your participation, voluntary participation. So just stop participating. That's it. That's it. Now, speaking of masks and their intentional demoralizing presence and the history of their demoralizing presence, there's part of an article here that I want to read that I also tossed up on Gab, remarkably important, and it's titled, It's the Mask of Your Enslavement. And this comes from AntiEmpire.com, written by Roberto Strongman approximately 16 hours ago as I read this. So there's a little I'm going to read here, and then there are sort of subsections that I, that I have highlighted here that I want to go through. The first section of this article states this. It says, The image of Escarva Anastasia, if I'm saying that right, has been making many appearances in several recent anti-lockdown protests around the world. The way in which the likeness of this muzzled female Brazilian slave has been used to illustrate the various forms of pandemic population restrictions, particularly the mandatory wearing of face masks, again, not mandatory, voluntary, has been criticized by various media outlets for its perceived cultural appropriation and irreverence to the historical suffering of black people. This article represents an opportunity to address this claim of co-optation and to explain the merits of illuminating the current health-driven limitations as indeed a form of enslavement. Further down, there's another section here where it states the following, quote, While it is outside the scope of this piece to discuss in detail the effectiveness of masks to prevent infection by airborne pathogens, I do want to stress that the data suggests that their use for this purpose is questionable. I would like to direct those with a keen interest in following the science, quote-unquote, on masks to the latest WHO-funded study published in a peer-reviewed medical journal available on the CDC website, proving that, quote, face masks have not demonstrated protection against laboratory-confirmed influenza. Zao ETAL 2020. The in the inefficacy of face masks to contain upper respiratory infections was the official policy of the WHO and the CDC prior to the current health panic. 
again, referenced, and it says, and continues to be confirmed by ongoing research. More references from 2021. While the medical effectiveness of mask wearing in the current pandemic cultural climate is dubious, the social and psychological elements of control enacted by compulsory masking are much clearer. What are the effects of masks on the psyche of those forced to live under the current medical tyranny? That the dictates on masks are coming not largely from immunologists, but from what very well appear to be compromised behavioral psychologists, such as Susan Minchie, who is foretelling that we will be wearing masks forever in Stone 2021 forces us to consider that masks are less driven by health reasons and more by the malevolent use of Pavlovian and compliance studies knowledge to break down the psyches, dignity, and integrity of individuals and the social coherence of societies, rendering both more susceptible to manipulation and reconfiguration according to the norms conductive to their own subjugation. The mandatory use of face masks during the current health panic fashion the citizenry as slaves, as symbols of enslavement. And then there are multiple points here, which I'm going to read, which again are absolutely fantastic. It says the following, quote, Masks deprive us of oxygen. They produce hypoxia, leading us to a state of physical and mental weakness in which the population is more prone to ideological brainwashing and less capable of ascertaining the degree to which they are oppressed. Masks are symbols of submission. Their medical practicality is very questionable, yet people are forced to wear them. Forced, quote-unquote. Despotism is established in the forced compliance of arbitrary rules. Caligula planned to make his horse a console just because he could. Next, it states, masks are the lewd fetish of power. Given that face masks feature prominently in bondage and sadomasochism, BDSM roleplay, which is invested in master-slave dynamics, we, can not, we cannot see the powerful psychological element of subju subjugation that they represent for those who are forced to wear them. We can consider the perverted delight that the, slight of the, that the sight of these mask wearers brings to the schemers of these policies. The next section states, along with lockdown, masks enforce the creation of a carceral culture. The terminology and aesthetics are borrowed from prisons, especially those in which torture features prominently. Recall the hooding of Abu Ghraib prison torture victims and the mouth covers of those at Guantanamo. If we can consider the historical transmutation of the slave plantation into the prison, we can perceive the persistent and insidious dehumanization of captive and enslaved populations through masking, a technique of domination aptly articulated in the title and text of Fran France Fanon's Black Skin, White Masks. The next section states compulsory masking leads to the erasure of personhood and the homogenization of masses. The collectivized wearing of masks results in an enforced uniformity in which the individual cedes way to the nameless collectivity as the neo-meta citizen. 
Masks are theoretical. They have been used for millennia for the investigation and recrafting of personhood. The very word person has an etymological source in the name for the masks used by actors in ancient Greek theatrical productions. As theatrical props, masks conceal and obfuscate our identities, rendering us alien to others and ourselves. Anthropological masks play a role in the crafting of liminal identities. As such, they are not in and for themselves, but prepare the individual for their new roles in society. The masks shape the individual's subjectivities. They can be removed when their program has been assimilated by the newly recrafted individuals. However transitory the current regime of face masking might be, the population must face that we are being forced to undergo a rite of passage, a process of re-socialization into the new normal. The more we accept that we are participating in the ritualization of our dispossession and enslavement by wearing the mask, the less able we will be able to don it. The next section says the masks are state insignia. They are a visible display of allegiance to the system of medicalizing technocratic control. Just as the red neckerchief of the communist pioneer youth movement publicly professed loyalty to the one party and the most supreme leader, the face mask is the symbol of political adherence to the new normal, confirming conformance to quote-unquote right thinking, a la Mao Zedong. The next section, the deletion of facial expression, inhibits nonverbal communication necessary for social organization that can lead to revolution. The masks seek to deactivate our revolutionary potential. Verbal muzzling is the next section. The masks reduce overall verbal output, along with enforcement of antisocial distancing. Their usage foments the isolation of the individual and the automization of society into ineffective rebels, unable to consolidate into coherent units under a common discourse or banner. In essence, it, it, they believe that, again, th that if an individual is masked, then they're less likely to join their fellow patriots and their fellow man to fight against such atrocities. Because, again, it makes everybody look like they're all participating in the same thing. The next section states the associations that symbolically and functionally masks bear to muzzles speaks to the dehumanization and the domestication of the population under these directives. Just as masks function as liminal artifacts in rites of passage and as part of animal training, these COVID masks are harbingers of further intrusions to our integrity. Wearing the mask is just one step away from receiving the shots, then accepting the vaccine passports and the implantable neural links until one's original persona is buried by the cyborg. The masks function as an empirical compliance test for the projected acceptability of future corporeal technologies of control. Where will you draw the line? 
And then there's two more sections here, and it says, Masks promote a culture of fear. Each and every mask is a billboard advertising a state of emergency, putting individuals in a constant sympathetic nervous system fight-or-flight mode that reduces their field of possibility to focus on the presumed ever-present threat of infection. Meanwhile, the oligarchical system of domination erodes our civil liberties across the world. Masks are part of the politics of subjugation through scaremongering. And then this little last section here, again, I'm just going to wrap this up. It says, quote, masks are deterrents for solidarity. They promote the constant perception of your neighbor as a nameless pathogenic vector instead of your ally. The masks divide and conquer, unquote. Now, I'm just going to riff here for a little bit. We've always known this to be the case, those of us that are fully awake. We know that there's no way that all of this wasn't planned out. We know fully well that the masks were simply a piece in their satanic puzzle to get people to comply. It was not just a stepping stone. It was arguably one of the largest pieces that could have possibly been laid down because it involves seeing things. It involves actually seeing people, and then, of course, that changes our personal behavior and our mood when we see people wearing masks. It's no different, for example, than when you see a child standing outside at a bus stop wearing a mask when you're driving by. I've commented on these children in the past before and how heartbreaking it is, in particular when they're standing next to their parent and their parent isn't wearing a mask. That parent is a child abuser. It's that simple. It's, again, no different. And, and you can see the sort of embedded long-term behavior when said child makes their way off of the bus at the end of the day and is walking home outside from the bus stop to their home and the mask is still on their face. That child has been completely controlled. There may be absolutely no waking up that child in the future, in their entire lifetime. They may actually consistently purchase masks, wear masks when they get sick, thinking that others are going to make them sick because they are sick and that the mask is the only way in which they can somehow get through whatever it is they're trying to get over. It is one of the largest and most abusive psychological tools that exists, and it's not the law. It's just not, and it can never become law. Marbury versus Madison, period. It's long-standing law that such methods are illegal and can never become law. So what are they saying? They're using the word mandate, and I've just been over this earlier in the episode. Mandate means voluntary. You do not have to wear one ever under any circumstance whatsoever. You choose to not participate. That's the mantra. Just keep saying that, in particular in school environments. A teacher says, son, where's your mask? Lady, where's your mask? I choose not to participate. You have to wear a mask while you're here. No, I don't. Masks aren't law. It's a rule in our school, and it's a, it's a mandate, and it's a policy, and you have to wear it. Policies and mandates aren't law. In fact, they're voluntary. That's the definition of a mandate. Voluntary. 
I'm volunteering to not participate. That needs to be the mantra. That needs to consistently be the saying. People are being abused and people are allowing this to happen. And it has got to stop. Which brings me directly to this next story, which again occurred last week. Um, This comes from thepostmillennial.com. It's titled, Florida School District Lifts Mask Mandate After Allegation of Child Abuse Surfaces. A seven-year-old with Down syndrome had a mask tied to her face by school staff despite the child's medical condition of an enlarged tongue. The Florida School District mask mandate was recently altered after the story of a girl with Down syndrome having a mask forcibly tied against her face came to the public's attention. Ladies and gentlemen, first of all, that should tell everybody that this isn't medical, that the masks aren't medical devices, because now they've gotten rid of their entire mask mandate because one child was being abused by it. One child. It just so happened that child is handicapped and has Down syndrome. And of course, they were being abused, not just because of the mask, but of course because it was being taped and tied, actually, to their face. This is the insanity that continues to exist. If they can remove an entire mask mandate for one child, what does that mean for everybody else everywhere? They shouldn't exist, period. Stop wearing the masks. Stop it. It continues. It says Brevard Public Schools in Florida have now decided to include a parental opt-out for their mask mandate. Yes, because that's what a mandate is by definition. It's an opt-out. The announcement page for it said Superintendent Dr. Mark Mullins made this choice because of the lowering levels of COVID-19 cases per 100,000 people. That superintendent is an idiot. It has nothing to do with cases. That's ugh, These people are so flippin' dumb. It continues, quote, This is exactly how the mask mandate was supposed to be used, says BPS School Board Chair Misty Belford per the press release. Too little too late, quote-unquote, she said. The story of the child with Down syndrome with a mask tied to her face was shared by Florida Representative Randy Fine on October 20th. In this two-minute clip, he shares the story of the seven-year-old Sophia Steele. I'm going to play that audio. Here we go. When she got off the school bus um, a few days ago, her father saw her and she was wearing a mask. Now, in my school district, we have an illegal mask mandate. But she was wearing a mask, even though even under their own illegal mask mandates rules, she shouldn't have had to. But it wasn't enough that she was wearing a mask because she's a special needs, nonverbal Down syndrome child. By the way, three weeks earlier, the school district had called the parents and said, your daughter's taking her shoes off in school. Could you help us to make sure she keeps her shoes on? They were willing to call about that. When um, her father saw her get off the school bus, she was wearing a mask and it was tied around her head with nylon rope. The mask was was full of saliva. The girl couldn't breathe. Father's furious. How could they do that to my daughter today? So he went to the school and he talked to the school and he found out they didn't do it that day. 
They had tied this mask around her face every single day for the previous six weeks that she was in school. They just forgot to take it off that day before they sent her home. So when the, when the parent said, what on earth were you thinking to the teacher and to the principal? Their answer was, the school board told us that our students all had to wear masks. There's a special place in hell for the three people who did this to this girl. This girl experienced real child abuse at the hands of the Brevard County School Board. And I will tell you this, this session, there's going to be hell to pay for the people who did that. Notice how he also said illegal mask mandate. See, here's the thing. School boards are not lawmaking bodies. And as it's been stated here, they're not taking advice from lawmakers because there's no law. Even in one of these ridiculous states like Washington, New York, California, whatever, there's no mask law. So again, to review, the word mandate requires voluntary participation. Now they've created an opt-out, quote-unquote. So if that means they have to sign a piece of paper to not wear a mask, they don't even have to sign a piece of paper to not wear a mask. You just don't wear one. School boards don't make laws. They don't. And they don't get to make any kind of a rule that covers your face. Remember all the fun stuff that they used to do back in the day when there'd be a a school shooting, real or not? Or they'd say, oh, you know, at, at the Columbine thing, the trench coat mafia back in 1999, I believe is when it was, that they, no, no trench coats are allowed to be worn now in schools. No heavy winter coats, they'd say, because the heavy winter coats are going to cover up a machine gun because everybody wants to come here and shoot everybody up. And then they started to tell people you couldn't wear coats. What did they do? They started to take coats off of students. They would go out, they'd buy a coat, they'd say, this is the coat I want to wear for winter. And then they'd show up to the school and they'd say, you have to wear another coat. Bullshit. You get to wear whatever coat you want. As long as, of course, it's not laced with profanities and whatever. And yeah, but they don't get to tell you what size of a coat you get to wear. That's absurd. That's number one. Number two, they did it with Trayvon Martin. No more hoodies. Trayvon Martin attacked a guy, got shot, died, and now you're not allowed to wear any hoodies anymore because I don't know why. I mean, it's just ludicrous. One thing has nothing to do with the other. But this, again, is the political nonsense where schools refuse to understand nor care because they don't care. They're all collectivists and they're all globalists, and that's how these institutions are run, is they read an email by somebody, anybody, outside of their district in particular a politician or an activist or whatever, and then they just apply it within their school. They don't get to do that. They don't get to do that, and you don't have to participate. It's very simple. If it's not a law, you don't have to participate. That's why it's called we the people. We the people have the power. We the people have the rights. They actually, believe it or not, as school board members and elected officials have less rights and more rules 
that they have to follow. Legally, I mean laws, not rules, laws that they have to follow that we that don't apply to us because we're not elected officials. That's why we the people have the power. That's the interpretation. That's the accurate interpretation, and that's the entire point. This article wraps up by saying this. A crowdfunding campaign was started by Sophia's dad to sue the Brevard County School Board for having the district ignore their daughter's medical condition that makes wearing a mask untenable. They should sue, they will win, and it should be in the tens of millions of dollars. And they'll win, 100%. All of the sudden, snap, bang, the mask mandate is gone, and now, well, it's optional. Again, opt-out form or not doesn't matter. The word mandate means it's always been optional. It's always. It just requires your participation. So again, stop participating. Now here's the last thing I wanted to riff on. And again, this has to do with massive propaganda and a massive propaganda campaign that's actually taking place right now. And if anybody is on YouTube or you pay attention to YouTube at all, and I really only watch YouTube for a couple of reasons. Um, and it turns out that one of those couple of reasons is just to pay attention to the propaganda and the word manipulation and the word usage, and then to see what the enemy is doing regarding all of this and how particular things need to be played out a particular way. Because what they'll do is, is they'll do whatever they can to get ahead of a story or to get ahead of potential bad news for them, the enemy, that is about to come out. And there's there's one of them here which I find very interesting, and this has just been, again, an opening ad on YouTube videos. When you when you click to open a video, you'll 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 see or hear this ad, see and hear this ad. It's 25 seconds long, and it's an entire run through of audio clips of Donald Trump promoting the jabs and promoting the vaccine, quote unquote, and its news organizations and whatever. Again, you got to ask yourself, why would YouTube be doing that? Why would YouTube be playing all of the audio that does factually exist of Donald Trump supporting people taking the jabs? And I'm going to answer that question in a little bit, but let me play this first here, and then what I'll do is I'm going to read through some of the quote-unquote COVID-19 news headlines, because again, if you, if you ever watch YouTube, in particular on a computer, it's a little harder on a, on a, on a cell phone, but if you ever watch YouTube on a computer, um, a tablet, or an Apple TV, you'll notice, and again, I've commented on this, on this occurrence in the past, but there will be an entire bar of nothing but the latest from COVID-19 or, you know, they'll, they'll title it whatever they want, but it's multiple videos from left to right, uh, basically just 100% sheer, sheer propaganda. Not a single line of it is accurate, unless, of course, it's some celebrity, a, a small little video of some well-known person saying that they're not going to take the jabs. But anyway, let me play this ad first, and then I'll get to the other stuff later. 
Americans to receive the COVID-19 vaccine. I would, I would recommend it, and I would recommend it to a lot of people that don't want to get it, and a lot of those people voted for me, frankly. Both Trump and former First Lady Melania Trump did receive their vaccines privately in January at the White House. And then, of course, there's a little quote from Ivanka Trump allegedly getting her her vaccine, which she's probably not getting it. It's probably a saline solution jab saying, I've got mine. You should get yours, blah, blah, blah. Point is, is that that commercial. And then, of course, it says your vaccine is waiting for you at the end. And that's it. So that's the ad. But. I think that there's two I think there's two motives here and there's two, there's two particular reasons. The first is is they know that Trump supporters quote unquote by and large aren't taking the jabs. This they're well aware of. Even Fauci has spoken about this with regularity. We just don't understand they just, you know, blah blah blah. And again, uh, if you're not aware of the stories that have been coming out, and they're not new stories, the stories of him torturing dogs uh, dates back at least six to nine months ago. I first heard about that, so that's a real thing too. But the point is, is that with the ads, they're they're coming after Trump supporters because they know that they aren't getting the jabs. But there's another reason, and it's because they're trying to get out in front of the fact that the jabs don't work. And they know that they don't work, which is why they're scrambling as much as they can and consistently changing their stories um, in the interest of trying to convince more and more people to get them. And of course, it's not working, which is fantastic. Unfortunately, there are still some brain-dead humans who are deciding to get it even now with all of the factual information that exists out there. And again, why people are watching television at this point is beyond me. But uh, anyway. Here's the here's the COVID-19 news bar on uh on the old iPad here. The first story and uh, by the way this is interesting too. Some of these um some of these videos will will be it'll say 20 days old or 2 weeks old or whatever. And then they'll just erase all of those videos and then they'll put out a brand new one. So the first one says this and it comes from CNBC. I'm just going to read the titles. It's titled, How BioNTech Used Cancer Research to Create Its COVID Vaccine. Now, why would they start with that one? Why would they throw the word cancer in there? Again, basic word manipulation. They're trying to trick the normies, the the simpletons. They're trying to trick them into believing that such a vaccine might actually cure cancer. When in fact, the exact opposite is true. And the jabs are causing cancer. So that's the first video. The second one is titled, Pfizer says its COVID-19 vaccine is more than 90% effective in kids 5 to 11. Why would they say that? We know why. They're trying to get children into, because they know that children have iPads, number one. They know that they're looking at this, number two. A child's iPad on YouTube could be covered with all of the ridiculous, nonsensical videos that exist on there for children, appropriate or not, they're still going to come across this COVID-19 tab. And they know that kids are going to read that and be like, no, it's healthy for me. And then that starts a dialogue in the house. And then the parent either says, you're never getting it, you're getting it, or we just don't know right now. It doesn't matter. It's being pre-programmed into the mind of the child. 
that it's 90% effective, which is not true. They're less than a percent effective for anything. They're 100% effective when it comes to maiming them permanently. The next one, CNBC. Oh, by the way, that was the Today Show. Uh, the previous one I just said. The next one, C, uh, CNBC, f- quote, Pfizer COVID-19 vaccine shows 90.7% efficacy in 5 to 11-year-olds. Hmm, interesting. Next one, NBC News, how COVID vaccine hesitancy impacts herd immunity. This one gave me a stroke. I'm not kidding. This one actually made me slur my speech and slow down a little bit and start to smell burnt toast. How COVID vaccine hesitancy impacts herd immunity. No, that's not what herd immunity means. If an individual doesn't get jabbed and they're walking around other people, that's called herd immunity. If people are getting jabbed, the jabs are transmitting ill health onto other people. So actually, it's the jabbed who should be quarantined, as has been stated by countless medical doctors. Again. I'm not a medical doctor, but there are countless medical doctors who have said, like Zelenko, for example, Dr. Zelenko, that it's the jabbed who should be quarantined. It's the jabbed who should stay away from people who want to get pregnant. It's the jabbed who should stay away from people who are pregnant. It's the jabbed that should stay away from people because they're the ones making people ill through the transmission from the jab. The next one, Yahoo Finance. It's titled, CDC Approves Moderna and J&J COVID-19 Vaccine Boosters. Okay, that doesn't mean anything. The CDC can't approve anything. It's not FDA approved. And even if it becomes FDA approved, it's the same juice in the un-FDA approved juice. It's the same thing. Here's the next one. This one comes from CBS News, and it's titled, Virologist Who Helped Develop Johnson & Johnson COVID-19 Vaccine on Mixing Doses. Because again, ladies and gentlemen, now they're encouraging people that it's okay to mix doses. Because I mentioned again in the past, they think it's okay too to receive your booster and flu shot in the exact same visit. I wonder how that's going to go. This one... This next one, I'm going to actually play the audio from this next one because it, it again shows not just the hysteria, but the laugh, uh, laughability. I don't know if that's a word. It should be if it's not. The laughable nature of even this entire hoax and how the hosts of these shows are starting to find all of this to be ridiculous. All of them on this particular stage, which is Good Morning America, and this is Good Morning America 3, which I believe is either later in the day, or it's all, or I don't know, it could be earlier in the day or just internet. I don't, I don't pay attention to when these shows are on, but um, they have this faux doctor. She is a doctor, apparently, but she even has a smile on her face ear to ear and isn't taking any of what the CDC or Fauci or Walensky or any of these people are saying that's I mean, they're not taking it seriously at all, and they're all laughing about it and joking about it. And they're, I mean, if this is such a pandemic and so serious, shouldn't everybody be super serious about it? They aren't anymore. They're just joking, and, and it's just a giant joke to even them. So here's the audio from that. Dr. Jen, 
as you're now answering your medical questions. First up, will it be safe to get the flu vaccine after I have received the COVID-19 booster shot? Yeah. It is so many people asking this question. Well, yeah, I'm supposed to get my booster. What booster? When is, what booster? You can get the COVID-19 booster or original vaccine on the same day as the flu shot. Um, and again, there are people who are, you know, kind of getting panicked about getting both. Um, plenty of flu vaccine available right now. They're laughing. They're laughing through the entire thing. <laughs> you know, <laughs> when do I get mine? Can I get both at the same time? Uh, we don't know. You know, uh, we don't know. They're, they're toying with human lives here. That's the most jacked up part of this entire thing. God's not going to forgive these people. Even these two women and this guy sitting at this GMA3 table, just laughing their way through this. They're not going to be forgiven for this, at least not in our lifetime. God might forgive them, but I don't know. I'll continue. Here we go. Oh, it's really important this year, especially because you don't want to complicate things with another respiratory virus. But yes, if you are in the, look at DJ's face. So if you are in the category where you are eligible for a booster right now, you can get it on the same day as the flu shot. Which category is that? <laughs> <laughs> it is. There's listen. Okay. Practicing medicine is not uh, cooked cookie cutter. Okay, you'll practice medicine, but they, they need to practice some communication Clear as well. They need to practice some messaging. And why can they not? Why can't Dr. Fauci, Dr. Walensky, why can't Dr. Murthy, why can't they all get on stage together every single day and speak with one voice and tell us, do this? I think you're, why? I think I, you're shooting I, the messenger right yeah. now. <laughs> okay, she's the closest doctor to me right now. I'm going to text them right now Please, and offer that suggestion. Okay, you're you right. Submit your questions to all of us uh, on Dr. Chin's Instagram at Dr. J. Okay, sorry, Dr. I know it's not you, but this booster thing is driving me crazy. All right. Let's change the subject. Yes, How about that? that? Well, hey there, GMA fans. Robert. Hi. Hey there, GMA fans. Honest to God, they, they couldn't keep a straight face through a, through a minute and 36-second clip of them talking about the flu shots, the boosters, and the jabs. And then, of course, he asked the one very viable question. Why do these people like Fauci and Walensky not get on the same page on camera on a consistent basis and say the exact same thing? It's simple. When you lie, it's impossible to remember the lie and all of the lying that's taken place. It's impossible. You cannot lie for this long and, and not see or hear or feel cracks in the armor and in the lie. The laughing. Again, I'm not a nonverbal communication expert, but I've read plenty about it over the years, as one might expect, and I certainly know a great deal about it, in particular as being a former school teacher because you can pick up on who's lying and who's not. And unfortunately, in school environments, it's the adults that do a great deal of the lying. You know, yes, of course, there are students who lie too, but the point is, is that reading and, and, and personal experience tied together can clearly highlight some of the more obvious uh, occurrences of such things here. So it's the very laughter is the point. The very laughter that they're engaging in is proving to people and should be proving to people that they aren't taking any of this seriously anymore. That all of these mixed messages are occurring because no one can get on the same page, because the people that are controlling the Fauci's and the Walensky's and controlling these people, 
that they cannot even get on the same page. So is it this or is it that? Is it one booster or two? Is it a flu shot with a booster or just a flu shot? Should we just push the flu shots? What's going on? There's there's too many li- there's too much lies. There, there are just too many lies. You can't spin all those plates and expect them not to just fall and crash. They're going to. And again, the laughing is indicative of the fact that the hosts that are having to regurgitate all of this nonsense can't even stay on the same page either. Because even they are starting to recognize the ridiculous nature of what's going on. Now, yes, Fauci and Walensky have been on the same camera. Well, not, you know, I, I have yet to actually see them in the same room together. But they've been on screen, on the same screen, um, two different screens, and then on the same screen discussing particular moves or what they want to do or whatever. But it doesn't matter because they're both controlled, they both have handlers, and they're both going to swing for what's going on. There's no way that they stay alive in the future for what they've done here. They just can't. They can't. The crimes that have been committed here by them and them pushing forward these things, whatever you want to call them, they're not laws, mandates, suggestions, whatever, again, is akin to them being, for example, a McDonald's and saying, well, we're McDonald's, the restaurant, and we think that you need to do this. And then all of a sudden, people just start doing it. It's absurd. And again, to just reiterate, it's not law. Now, As far as those YouTube videos were concerned, ironically enough, the very last one that's highlighted is the following. It comes from The Hollywood Reporter, and it's titled, quote, Chris Brown supports Kyrie Irving for refusing the COVID-19 vaccine and calls him a hero, quote unquote. That's the last video. So they got to shuffle that one all the way to the end because they don't want that one at the beginning. Because again, how many people are going to zip through all of those COVID videos, reading all of the titles, let alone watching them. And they don't want anything like this, any opposition to be seen. I'm even shocked that, that, that it's even shown itself on here, um, let alone be last on the list. But there's that. So here's the last thing I wanted to mention. And again, I, I mentioned this at the very beginning, and it's the larger question, which again, a lot of people have asked for a number of months if not an entire year at this point, but why is it that Donald Trump would promote these jabs or support these jabs? I'm I'm going to read an explanation that's an anonymous explanation, and I think it makes sense. Again, I fully understand if, if this doesn't fit with what people are going to think or even believe, but I buy it. And again, it makes sense to me. Um, in particular, if anybody was following the Q movement and reading those posts and piecing things together and starting to figure out all the different plays and the, and the multi-dimensional game that's being played here. And again, it's not a game, it's warfare. And that's how warfare is played. It's not just a back and forth, but it's an underneath, over the top, come around from the side, and then again, thinking multiple moves down the line as to what's going to happen if, if said person does said thing at this time, what's, what's, our, what's our planned response going to be, and then what are we going to do further down the line. So here's what it states. And again, this came originally from greatawakening.win. I kept it. I'm going to keep it. Um, I have a hard copy of this. I just think it's interesting. So I'm going to read through this. It says the following, and it's titled, 
why President Trump had to endorse these deadly vaccines. And it says Q News Intel. Number one, he is part of a military operation. Number two, the globalist plan involves starting COVID after the 2016 election, which they assumed Hillary would win. When she didn't win, they waited until the last year of Donald J. Trump's term to roll it out for several reasons. A. It provided cover for election fraud. B. To start the depopulation. C. To begin widespread fear and control. D. To not give President Trump enough time to make a vaccine so that they could present one that could be approved by the FDA and mandated for all. And then under that, it says three, Donald J. Trump had to make a counter move to get rid of COVID and all of the fear and control that goes with it to expose Big Pharma and to ensure a quick vaccine that due to being rushed would have to be labeled experimental and thus not be mandated. Now, of course, by their definition of mandated, they mean permanently forced on everybody so everybody has to take it. Well, first of all, that's ludicrous, and as we're seeing right now, that's not working out too well for anybody. So, again, their definition of the word mandate isn't very accurate. They probably meant something like um, make it make it legal or you know make it FDA-approved and legal policy. But because it was rushed, that wasn't allowed to happen, which is fantastic. Then it says number four. He had to weigh both options. A. Tell the American people that the vaccines are a big pharma globalist plan to depopulate the world. Or B. Endorse it. Consequences of each. And this is again where it gets interesting. So again, those were, those were essentially the two options. Tell us that you know, don't take it because it's going it, to, it's a, it's a big pharma plan to depopulate the world or endorse it. Here, here are the consequences according to this individual. A, if he warned everyone, the media would mock him, call him a failure, hype COVID all the more, and demand a real vaccine. He wouldn't be able to expose election fraud, make thousands of arrests, expose the deep state's plan, and turn things around on a wide scale with the public waking up. He would have he would have had to stop the election fraud before it could be seen and take office for the second term, thus forcing his hand and resulting in chaos in an unavoidable civil war with the mainstream media stoking the flames and increasing public terror. And then B, by endorsing it, but placing truthful info in alternative news sites, the deep state's vaccine had to remain experimental and thus not mandatory which was not part of their plan. If Donald J. Trump can turn this around on a wide scale in the upcoming month or so, he can stop the momentum, have way less deaths, and get the vaccinated sheep to med beds. In war, sometimes you have to choose between two bad options. Given the globalist strategy, DJT and the military chose the path with the fewest casualties, and that is and that is to keep going with the facade of publicly endorsing the toxic but not mandatory vaccine. The alternative would have been far more deadlier for all of us in so many ways. Had an approved mandated vaccine been created by the deep state, it would be killing millions more right now. God bless America and the world. Unquote. Now, I'm going to do 
a little uh, a little dating here, and I'm going to simply make a prediction when it comes to all of this uh, jab mandate and and what's going on with the crimes against humanity and Nuremberg 2.0 and whatever, because I know that these are topics that are brought up with regularity, in particular in what's referred to as the alternative media, but it really is the media now. I mean, it's not alternative. It's just where people go to get information, um, at least those of us that are interested in surviving. I personally think that because again, we know that if any of these receive FDA approval, if any of them do, any of these jabs, they're going to have the exact same juice in them that they, that they currently have right now, which are killing millions as I'm sitting here talking to you. That's number one. So there isn't going to be any difference between them, which means that there actually have to be high-level arrests of these people before that takes place. Because if the full exposure... Of, of what this poison actually is and how these individuals actually sought to just hurt people and kill them and depopulate them as quick as humanly possible. If that's not exposed before there's FDA approval, um, not only will you have people lining up to take these quote-unquote FDA approval jabs, you're going to have a full-blown civil war with actual bloodshed because people are not going to take these shots. FDA approval or not. They're already not. And look what's happening right now. Again, look at the crimes that we're seeing take place right now with governments and police forces on their own people. I mean, that's already happening, and we're not even talking about something that's FDA approved. It becomes FDA approved, and people start basically forcing it door to door on people, which of course has already been threatened. Then you're going to actually have a full blown civil war. So, with all of that said, um, covered a lot in this particular episode. I'll catch you on Wednesday. Again, stop wearing the masks. You don't have to wear them. The word, the word mandate is voluntary. It's voluntary. It requires the voluntary participation of the individual. It doesn't require the voluntary participation of the person making the mandate or saying that we're going to have a mandate. The school boards in America can say whatever they want. They can say whatever they want. They are not a lawmaking body, and that's the thing that has to consistently be remembered by we, the people, because we, the people, are in control. Again, have a great day, have a great couple of days, and I'll catch you on Wednesday. Thank you for listening to American Education FM. Make sure and check out AmericanEducationFM.com for more information. Take care and God bless.